You're listening to the Comic Crusaders Podcast. I am your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders and Undercover Capes. In this show, I'm sitting down with creators from all walks of life to talk about inspiration, process, the lessons they've learned, and a whole lot more. What up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new Comic Crusaders Podcast with your boy, Al Mega. Thank you one and all for joining today. Yo, first, before we get started with this amazing program today, because we have an amazing music producer. Let me bring a fellow crusader that is, also, you know, not just a journalist, but also a music homie himself, the one and only, Sever the Bar. What up, homie? How you doing? Yo, what's good? Over here Are you excited, bro? Are you excited well, of today? Of course, of course. Dealing with a producer of, of this caliber? Let's go. Yeah, man. I mean, this, you know, this dude has been killing it and smashing, smashing it. You know, he is a New York native like myself, but he's from Shaolin himself. He has a brokerage background that decided to one day apparently step away and say, I'm going to go follow my passion. You know, and he started doing amazing motherfucking music, right? And now he's working with an amazing legendary uh, people, if you will, right? You know, he's worked with Inspector Deck, he's worked with Ghostface, he's worked with Remedy. I mean, this dude has got a new album he produced, helped produce too. You know, Remedy versus Wu-Tang. There's a whole bunch of other stuff that he's done. He's got a killer song, huh? Who am I talking about? The one and only mega producer himself, Danny Kayazo! Oh. How you doing? I'm chilling, brothers. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Nah, brother, you know, thank you for coming on, brother, because you are, like, smashing it, brother. I, I, I'm i very happy to, to speak to a new Wu member, Whip. I uh, shall and represent Wu forever. Absolutely. You know? <laughs> but I'm throwing up my W's out here, too. Absolutely. Yeah, man, for real, yo. Awesome. So, Danny, talk a little bit about this also. Uh, are you, like, like, born and raised out there in Shaolin? No, actually, uh, born and raised in Brooklyn. Oh, Brooknam. Yeah, yeah. Peter. Where in Brooknam? Brooklyn, uh, she said, Bay, um, I went to Lincoln High School. Okay. And, awesome. uh, yeah, yeah, so I moved out to Staten Island when I got, when I got married. My wife is from out here. So oh, your wife, your wife dragged you to Staten She, she dragged me to Staten Island, absolutely. So Was that here. something you wanted to do? Um... Honestly, I know you, Brooklyn, we got good pizza, great music. Yeah, but you know what? <laughs> like, at, at the time, Brooklyn was kind of changing, and... You don't want to fight with the wife too much, so yeah, I made the I made the move. Oh, uh, okay. You, the, you live by the motto "Happy wife, happy life." I right try, I, I try to, bro. I try. He goes, he's fine. I love it. I try to. I love it. So I want I want to know a little bit about your upbringing, you know, yeah, and, and just because again, you know, you are an amazing producer, and and I was looking a little bit into your background. I see you also. Me too. Back in the nineties, I did the Wall Street thing. You know, way prior to the World Trade Center stuff, though, I work with companies like Monitor Investments and U Atlantic. Look them up. Those are apparently mafia firms. I work for more mafia families unwittingly than than, than, than I actually knew. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. So, yeah, so, yeah, man, that was some crazy shit. So, how how was it for you, Danny, growing up? Who who were your influences? Who influenced you? And what I mean by that, mm-hmm. before you answer, is like who. Introduce you to music. Was it mama? Was it papa? Was it an uncle? Was it titi? Or, or, or was it something that you went on a self journey? Well, honestly, it was uh, both my parents uh, got me into music. Um, I was named after the Elton John song Daniel, 
So on the plane anytime soon? Right. So that was my that was my mother's influence, and my father was always playing like disco and funk in the house and stuff like that. So I always uh, remember, you know, music being a good vibe and like good times, and I was just always drawn to it. Like even when I was a kid, my mother has a picture of me like probably like three years old or something with like one of those, if you remember the little Casio keyboards. Oh, and, hell uh, yeah. So I had one of those. And um, I just always, I just, any genre of music, I was just always found something good in it and positive and something that, you know, you could share with. And then as I got older, you could share, you realize you could share with everybody. It didn't matter what you look like, where you come from, whatever. Like music is universal. So, so I, is it for you to find a tribe then as you were growing up? Your music tribe, if you will? Say that again? Was it easy for you to find your music tribe as you were growing up? No, I mean, I, I, was, all over the, I, I, was, all, I was all over the place growing up. Like, whether it was, you know, for the, for the girls listening to New Kids on the Block to, you oh, know. Oh, God. To, to, like, you know, Michael Jackson, obviously, when we were, when we were kids, kids. Yeah. Um, you know, then listening to, like, the whole uh, grunge wave, Pearl Jam, Nirvana. Uh, wait, wait. Are you old enough to remember freestyle music too? I am old enough to to remember the, <laughs> to remember the tail end of freestyle music. Yes. Gotcha. There you go. You, there so you yeah, go. that was that was always a good time too. I mean, you can't you can't if you if you know freestyle music and you're at a party and you hear a freestyle song, you can't help yourself but dance, right? Like that's just dance. Just start singing, like yeah. They saw your age. Damn I gotta do it. It's all good. Age is 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 just a number. Yeah, it's all good. I love it. Yeah, I got to take some notes. Huh, yes. You should. Johnny O, TKA, Lil Susie, all them, right? Yeah, TKA, CBB. CBB, that's right, that's right. Uh, right. Yeah, yo. yeah, yeah, man. You know, Suave. Yeah. <laughs> <There's> so many. <laughs> I love it. Good love times. Especially, especially in the summertime in, in New York City, freestyle was the. Yeah, that's what I remember. And then as it started kind of getting slower and Latinos were stepping away, the the Italian community embraced the shit more out of it. I'm like, holy smokes, bro. Italians love freestyle. Love. Italians love freestyle, bro. I got got older friends that I go to their houses now. They'll play freestyle and it'll be like, it'll be like the first time they heard it. That was it. Yeah, they be throwing like they be throwing chairs and going nuts, singing it. Oh shit! People love that, especially like you said, Italian people. They love that stuff. They do, they do. I love. This is why we connected, me gente. This is why I love it. So you know, I'm gonna give the floor in a moment to several. I know he has questions, but I want to say so. You said it wasn't easy to find your tribe. You were all over the place. So when was the first time that you yourself attempted to take, you know, that creative journey? What was those first steps like and what made you want to take those steps? Um, well, I think the first thing that happened was I fell in love. I fell in love with hip hop. What was I, the first track you fell in love with? If, if you remember, I do remember. Jacket for beats by ice cube. Eva. You remember you remember Jacket for Beats and I remember there was um there was a, a video show on, on like Saturday nights late night. Um it was a video music box, it was something else with uh a chick named D D something. I, I don't remember uh-huh. I don't remember the name of the show. Um 
And I remember seeing the video for Jacket for Beats, and I was like, wow. I was blown away. And then the whole, like, the first thing I fell in love with was the beat. Yeah. Nice. And, I, and I think that's what... Um, the mini beats. <laughs> the mini beats, exactly. I think that's what... That's what um, sparked my interest as far as like production. I didn't. I didn't even. I didn't even start with production at that point. But that's what got me, you know, loving that type of music. Like uh, from the and that was the Bomb Squad. So that was like real East Coast. That was like real East Coast heavy, you know, um, type of stuff that you know eventually like you know RZA and them started doing and yeah. stuff like that. So that was that was the stuff I was always drawn to, and that's that's really the. The genesis of me falling in love with with uh, with hip hop. And, and when you got your hands on something for the first time, was it a cassette or vinyl? It was a cassette. It was Public Enemy, Fear of a Black Planet. Hey, Ooh, damn! Yeah. That was your uh, first joint, Jesus. Yeah. That's crazy. Wow. I bought that on LP though, with the with the little lenticular cover. <laughs> <laughs> And my and my grandfather, old school Italian, um, you know, so I don't have to say any more, was like, he saw it on my table one day. He was over my house. He was like, "What the f- is this?" <laughs> Yo, what the fuck are you trying to say? Home and I was, I was like, I was, like, I, I was, I was trying to tell him. I was like, "Pop, this is the this is the stuff right here." So he was like one of the radio callers on the inserts, huh? Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, so did your family embrace you when you were embracing this music? I mean, I know you, yes. you said your pop was into funk, so I kind of that, that's a great transition to hip hop. No doubt. Yes, they were they were they were supported from from day one. I think Wonderful. At, the t- at the time, even I was starting to DJ a little bit, mess around like that, just to you know, just to try to get involved in some way, shape, or form. And I got you know they they helped me out with getting turntables and stuff like that. I used to have in the basement. And um and yeah they they they've always been support, supportive even till even till now to this day that's my parents wonderful. my parents are supportive with the with the musical journey that's the way it should be Sever go ahead brother man I got so many different questions I'm sorry. I'm really glad that Bomb Squad like influenced your style and I can tell especially did you actually produce the entire Remedy record the Remedy meets Wu Tang joint. Um, the first through the 12th song, so, um, so the bulk, yeah, bulk of it, so, um, Remedy added his little, his little touches to it as well, because he's a dope producer too, um, oh, wow, and yeah. he produced the double, the double, uh, what is it, a double trouble right there, yeah, so he added some stuff to, um, Crazy Eights, he added some, he, he added some stuff to, and, um, but the the Killer Priest joint and the, obviously the Never Again, I didn't I didn't produce those two. Oh, interesting. Those the, but, so the two closing joints. The two closing joints, but the rest of the album is is me. Word, and I could tell through the production from the from the bulk of the album that it was very sample heavy, and it took me back. I was like, oh shit, like this is like I'm listening to Into the Wu Tang all over again because if you listen to um. What's the, what's the second album? The uh, the one with uh, Wu Tang Forever, and then if you listen to um, Iron Flag or mm-hmm. anything after that, the samples aren't really too heavy in the production style. Into the Wu Tang is very sample, it's very sample driven, 
And to hear your style on this, on Remedy Meets Wu-Tang, there it was. And that, of course, comes from the essence of the Bomb Squad. So to hear you say the Bomb Squad is number one, like, my name's Sever, because, you know, like, again, like, you know, that's that's the initials for my government name. But right. if you go into the mathematics of it, that's C victory rules. I wouldn't have gotten into any of the mathematics or anything if it wasn't for Wu-Tang. I got you, yeah. yeah. If it the wasn't lessons, for Wu-Tang. The, Sorry, lessons, and, the lessons and the jewels. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yes, yes. And my sword, my pen, my sword stays sharp, man. So, you know, it's a sever. And then also, you know, like, Barstow, California, we can't we can't carry guns out in Cali. I'm from Los Angeles originally, but Barstow is the city that I stayed up in for a time in San Bernardino County. I used to walk around with a machete, yo. So yeah. like you see what you see what I'm saying? Like, yes, you gotta stay sharp and however how you do it, whether it's with your mind or you know, if you you know, out there. So, I, actually, <laughs> I, actually, I actually thought it was I actually thought it was in reference to like severing up samples, like chopping them up. Yes, hey. I, yeah, I do. Yo, I actually have a, I have um, I have a very big series. Like I do actually DJ as well, so we do have that in common. And um, I actually got into DJing through chopping and screwing music, not just with the Bomb Squad. The Bomb Squad actually like really helped because I was like, oh shit, like I could layer a bunch of samples and people can't tell where I fucking got the sample from, so I can't get sued. And yeah. then. And they would and they would illustrate they would illustrate that layering samples until until really until RZA came along it was it was like at least for me it was like Bomb Squad mugs RZA oh man yes yes mugs absolutely too legendary is fucking insane RZA's dope I got it but for for my inspiration I got to give it to Screw. Michael uh-huh. Watts, like I okay. really got into chopping and screwing music. I have a whole series called Asphyxie Cuts, where it's, I call it Choked and Strangled, because anybody that chops and screw music knows that if you say your shit's screwed and it's not DJ Screw who's doing it, you a fucking perpetrator. So you better call that shit Chopped and Slow to something else. So I'll call my shit Choked and Strangled. I like that. And, and screw, 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 correct me if I'm wrong, he was from Texas, right? Yes, he is. Houston, Texas. I yep. stayed up in Wichita Falls, Texas for a time to really get like a feel of it as well, too. He did a lot of stuff with, um, again, correct me if I'm wrong, Bumby, UGK, stuff like that back um, in the day? Uh, only a little. UGK only was little. present on one of their tapes, but he did a lot of things with uh, like Zero, Trade the Truth, uh, Mr. 3-2, okay. mm, Scarf, uh, a little bit of Scarface, you know what I'm saying? Like mostly it was the screwed up click. Little flip. Um, I was gonna say flip. Yeah. Word, word. Yeah, flip. It's a fucking freestyle scientist, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Little Kiki as well too. The freestyle king. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, like mostly the SUC. But then as time, because you know he um he passed up. Well, he transcended off of um that that codeine overdose. Right. So um yeah that that you know halted things. But he did he did have like UGK on a couple of tapes. Scarface on a couple of freestyle tapes and some interviews as well too. So yeah, Screw, Michael Watts, OG Ron C. You know what I'm saying? Those are those are big influences. Swim K. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Definitely. But uh, but for you, but that's a whole. Excuse me, that's a whole nother. They created their own lane with that stuff. What Screw did, right? Yeah, he created his own lane for that. And that and that you got to give people respect that they create their own lane. Like I feel like somebody like um. Like, LP kind of did that, too. Uh, oh, LP's fucking insane out the Weatherman? Yep. Yeah, fucking yeah. insane. Like, his instrumental tapes are just bonkers, and then the bars are just fucking insane as well, too. Yeah. I'm actually headed up up to um, the Dakotas, and um, he's got a, he has a performance over there with uh, Rage Against the Machine in a couple of months. 
And yeah, I, you know, that's hey, that's that's right up that lane. You know what I'm saying? That's perfect. You know what I mean? Cage. With, with run, the jewel, yeah, with run the jewels. Run the jewels too, or just or yeah, just, run the jewels. Yeah, with Killer Mike as well. Yeah. It's funny that you said Rage. I remember to go. I remember going to a show at the Meadowlands in like. 97 when uh, Woot and Rage were touring together. Damn, you saw that? Yeah. Oh, God, I'm so jealous. That's the one crew that I have wished that I have seen in person that I have not seen. That was that was something special. And I need and I need to be in that mosh pit, even at my age now, when that happens. That was hey, <laughs> we got him. <laughs> and this, and this, you know, everybody better protect their neck when Almeida and that monster right there. That's it, bro. The OG right here, son. Yeah, yeah bro. Bloody virgin. No, yeah, no, no censorship. Yeah, man. The real deal, bro. You see it right there. It says it. All right. That's hip hop history, like I said before. Definitely. Yeah, man. I even got this one. Wow. Wait, which yeah, which one man. is that? Is that can it be also simple? Yeah, well, Wu Tang, yeah, can it all be so simple and Wu Tang claim out of fuck with on this one? On that one, yeah, the red one, I remember that, yeah. Okay. And it's it the remix too? Does it have the uh, remix too? From uh, OB4? Radio edit on one side and then the album version on the other. It's the radio edit. Or, and then we got like, like, like oh, City go and Killer Army. Come on, man, good shit. Woo! This is so, my stuff. What's your favorite uh, Wu album? Um, Wu group or including the solos and all that? Including the solos. It's a tie between uh, Wu Forever and Supreme Clientele. Oh, Supreme is amazing. Oh, the, way, the way the joint starts off with uh, that uh, the Juju beat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the little tired. Actually, um, I don't, I don't want to correct you, but the Juju beat is second. Nutmeg is first, which is oh. the, um, the, um, his, uh, the barber. Um, Mo, uh, what was his name? Nutmeg was, I forgot his name as a producer, but the barber, the barber kid. No. Um. Because I know one was Juju, and I thought it started well, right there. One was Juju. No, I got, I got so, that confused with Capital Punishment because the where starts with a Juju. That's a Juju yes, as well. but no, no. Supreme starts with Nutmeg, which was by uh, the Bob. I forgot his. I forgot how he went with his first name. But then the second one was won by Juju from the Beat Nuts. Yeah, but oh. yeah, it's a tie between. For me, it's tie always tied between Wolf Forever and um, Supreme. Oh yeah, the Nutmeg joint's like doo. Yeah. 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 Let me ask you here because one thing I noticed because I, here I am listening to your amazing, amazing SoundCloud, right? It's something I noticed was that in a lot of the sampling, I, I heard a lot of cartoon Saturday morning cartoon influence. <laughs> Is that something intentional? Are you like a, a cartoon fan or what? Because I, I was digging it. You have a particular joint, Zoink. And I'm like, this is Scooby. I'm like, I'm over here like, yo, I, I did that shit on Rewind like three times, bro. Just loving it. Um, I appreciate it. Yeah, I was, you know, I as a kid growing up, Saturday mornings were always a, a special thing. Watching cartoons and eating cereal and whatever. And like, um, but like I said before, 
I try to grab influences from from anywhere, and Doom was mm. a huge was a huge influence. Ah. Uh, God bless and um, rest in peace, yeah, man. Absolutely, Bond. And I, uh, like I said, I just tried to. After he passed, I tried to put myself in uh in that space and wow. see like if I could create something that was worthy of all the the dope the dope tracks that that he created. Basically, coming from that from that vantage point of like a kid watching Saturday cartoons because he he had so many joints like that. You know, like to me, yes. Operation Doomsday kind of plays like a Saturday morning cartoon. Oh yeah, a fantastic yeah. episode with Doomsday. Right. <laughs> with Doomsday. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so that's what I that that's what I try to do with that one. Just like again, to just pay homage to to somebody that I uh, respected, admired, and was definitely uh, influenced by. But what does your collection look like, bro, for you to be able to dig in so deep in, in, into music? Because, you know, again, listening to everything you've done, you prove for so many places. I mean, you know, how, how do you put that together? What does that collection look like, you know, that archive? Because, damn, bro, you be digging. The, the collection is pretty serious. I mean, but like I said before, like when you asked me about my tribe, I didn't have one. So I was listening to everything, and I was taking in everything. It's like um, you know, you could grab stuff from a from a, rock, a prog rock sample from the '70s, you know, and then like get influenced like we're speaking about like Doom from like a uh, Spider-Man cartoon, yeah. or like you know um, when Madlib did the um, Beat Conductor series, and he went to India, and you and you realize that oh, I heard the Brazil joint that was fire. Or the Brazil, or the Brazil stuff, and you heard like the different instruments, and and you realize that you could take them and flip them into into hip hop. That's uh, I got influenced by all of those things. But then again, it goes back to the point that I was saying earlier. It makes it reinforces the point that hip hop is universal because you could grab from the Middle East, you could grab from rock in, in the USA, you could grab from anywhere, and like uh, conditioning the, the the first single off the the Ghostface Killer record that was from some like Japanese uh, <laughs> soundtrack from like the sixties. Yo, you did that beat the, off Ghostface Killers? Yeah, I did. He did. I, did I did all of them on Ghostface. He Killers. did. He did. The, 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 he did the whole Ghostface Ghostface Killers album, and then he also produced uh, Inspector Dex, the uh, Chamber Number Nine. He did ten out of those tracks. Yo, the video for right. the for the for the futuristic shit off the deck record, that shit was yeah. crazy. Did you come yeah. up with that idea? No, 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 no. That 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 is actually one of the two songs that I did not produce, and I'm pretty sure that the idea for the video was uh, brought to life by Remedy Deck and uh, Rock Davis, the guy who uh, who directed. Word. That's, see, that's the question we haven't asked. So here you are, like. Dude, we're talking that he's working with people in Wu Tang. How did you meld and connect with them? How did you get into the world of the Wu? So the the connection is through is through Remedy, who is through one of my good friends who I've known for twenty something years. Uh, my oh, friend wow. Ralph. My friend Ralph. So shout out Ralph Studo. Ralph is exactly. Oh, Ralph. And, and he he plugged me up with Remedy and um. I sent I sent the B folder to Remedy once. At this point, it must be like uh, eight years ago, seven eight years ago. Oh wow! Uh, and um, 
he liked what I what what he heard, and uh, he brought me down to the studio where where Deck was recording, and still records out at the time. And I played some joints to Deck that he liked, and uh, that was the you know the initial um, the initial steps to Chamber Number no. Nine or whatever. And then as time went on, more and more people came down, and uh, Ghost heard some joints, and we were able to make uh, Killers happen. And then we uh, then we focused on the Remedy Woo, and uh, we're looking for we're looking to do a lot more in 2022. I, I, I know, man. So you you got a whole bunch of other stuff co- coming through. There's another group you worked with, from what I understand, right? Oh yeah. Uh, years ago, I had my own. I had a, a little independent label situation that um, you know, unfortunately was uh, it didn't go the way that I wanted, but it was a, a learning experience, which means that you uh. know. Okay. Which you which you can only you know take positives from and and keep going, and uh, I think it definitely helped me into uh, where I am at now. Nice, but I, I can't wait, man. You know, and, and bless on that. So, um, uh, you have any other questions there, uh, Sever? I know I know you said you had a ton, so I'm, I gotta make sure you get them through. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready to go. Okay, so I I'm curious about this. Um, just to start things off, do you consider Rayquan's and Ghostface Killers only built for Cuban links to be Rayquan's first solo album, or do you consider it to be a Rayquan GFK album? To me, it's a it's a to me it's a Rayquan GFK RZA album. Whoa, okay, right, right, right. But yes, it's a Rayquan Ghostface album for sure. Yeah, right. Do it because because I mean, if we're honest with each other, I mean, there's definitely joints that they're both on that Ghostface outshines everybody, right? If we're being Fast. honest. Facts. And then you have a track like Wisdom Body on there as well too, just straight Ghostface. Right. Or like you know, or like Criminology, the verse from Criminology. Oh. Uh, God. You, not, <laughs> right. So if we're yeah, if we're being honest, I mean yeah, or even Rainy Days. What? I mean, there's a bunch. There's a bunch that, that Ghostface shines, you know, but, I mean, I'm biased, but, I mean, you know, there's no comparison between the discography of, of Ghostface and Raekwon. There's no comparison. Oh, or, I mean, y'all, y'all see me masked up right here. I mean, whenever when I go on these pods, I always got the Roshak mask on. I know today y'all see me with just the image, the Roshak image. And, uh, you know, as we spoke about uh, Doom prior, and, of course, like, you know, cats like Blowfly from, like, the 60s, who inspired Too Short and Doom as well, too, and Cool Keith. Yeah. Um, Ghostface was a big influence as well, too, when it came down to this mask. And, um, and of course, the comic book persona as well, too, for me to take, like, Roshak, a journalist, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, and it's, it's funny, like, when I heard, well, I was telling you earlier in the show, like, I was, I came up, you know, from, like, you know, we hip-hop, you know what I'm saying? We got a lot of flavor to us, and a lot of that flavor comes from poverty, you know, and making what we can out of nothing. And um, I had this man back when I was, like, 15 years old, and this was, like, in the 2010s, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I stole a Wu Massacre record with the Ghostface cover because months prior at a fucking Target, I was still in CDs from Target, still in CDs from Target. And fucking, uh, <laughs> I remember I stole, the first Wu-Tang record I stole was only built for Cuban Links Part 2. I oh, hadn't dude. even heard Part 1 yet. I was a freshman in high school, and that shit blew my fucking mind. And I got to say, on every record, whether it was Mean Streets, 
where it was fucking um what was it the, like the, the sequel to Rainy Days with Blue Raspberry on that joint. Um, Ghostface was outshining. He definitely Seva, was outshining a lot of the guests. Seven since since it blew your mind, did you feel guilty and go back and pay for the album? Yes, I did. Eventually, I got the vinyl. I had the dark purple vinyl. When that, I, my I got vinyl something vinyl. else and pay for it. But I got I got a question then for Seva. <laughs> if if Cuban Links two blew your mind, then what do you think when you heard Cuban Links one? When I went back, okay. When I went back, I was fifteen. And I was like, man, this can't fucking compare. Like, to me, it, it was, like, boring when I first heard it when I was 15 years old. Because I was like, man, Cuban Links 2 has, like, has, like, the Dr. Dre tracks. And it has, like, the, like all this, like, it has, like, Data Kiss and Styles P and shit, like, D-Block. Like, I'm like, what the fuck? And then, like, you know, but then as I got older and then I, when I bought Raekwon's Only Built for Cuban Links on vinyl and I heard that I had, like, the whole experience down to, um, what was it down to North Star, mm-hmm. and hearing it on vinyl was different because when you hear it on vinyl, it's a lot slower when it plays at 33 and a third. That's actually right. how I got the, the terminology for choke and strangle because I had a, a roommate back in Barstow, California. He came in, he's like, "What the fuck you playing this vinyl? This record? So it, it sounds like somebody's getting strangled because of how slow it was playing." Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. the way that it was playing, it it lets you like really like understand. Like if I'm listening to a podcast, I'm putting that shit at times two to speed. Right. But if I'm listening to a vinyl, I'm putting that shit at 33 and a third because I really get to understand every instrument, the layering of the tracks, the layering of the vocals, how exactly, like, what exactly is being said. It's really like a message being told to you, that warm, static feeling. And yeah. to hear only go for Cuban Links part one, then I started to understand it when I got it on wax. When I heard it, like, on YouTube, I, I didn't understand that shit. But when I got it on wax... Man, and now that now it stays in, in rotation all the time. I got the instrumental version though, you know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> I'm getting the records, I, but yeah. And I, and I feel like most of us, probably Mega will agree with me. We all we all thought that two couldn't compare to one. Oh, exactly. For Absolutely fucking agree, y'all. Oh, for only built word. Yeah. Album to album wise, because that's how we measure stuff. Shit, album to album. It wasn't track for track album. Like, which one was more of a banger? And, you know, back in the day, I would buy the CD or the tape. You know, I'm living with wifey. You know, here's a Friday night. People come over. We get into smoke, some drinks. Yo, I got the new tracks. You know, we got this new album. We're having a listening party. You know what I mean? So whether it was Wu, Jay, we're like, all right, and we're judging it. You know what I mean? Track by track, having conversations that we getting blazing days out of our fucking mind for days. It was wonderful. See, yeah. here in the, cur- in the current era, I only have one of those, and that was when the 444 album dropped from Jay. I only had one listening party. That was it. Nah, man. I used to do that hardcore all the time because that's I, like music. You know, we got we to gotta appreciate what, you know, Danny's work. People like Danny. I'm a beat junkie. So, you know, I kind of really appreciate what you said, that the first thing you fell in love with was the beat. When you I, first got into the same shit with me, it's the I, beat. I feel like, yeah, but I feel like that's hip-hop. Like, you listen to the beat and then you go back because yeah. hip hop was always based on the you know the DJ two two turntables and a mic turntables oh, yeah. had to drop the beat like I always felt like you you respect the beat first then you go back and listen. Did you have some twelve hundreds, bro? I did have two twelve hundreds. Yep. Nice for the classics. That's Ooh, not so worth yeah, it. You, you ain't you ain't got no turntable. You need a twelve hundred. That's the real deal. Yeah, <laughs> yo, yo, since you started off with the Casio. What what is it today? Would you say Casio over Akai? 
Oh, no. Nah. I'd never say Casio over a car. <laughs> no. Nah. You can't say that. No. Nah. That's like... Uh, so no love lost. Nah, man, that's crazy. He's that's not beast, though, right? There's Danny, that's, Danny C right here, right? That's like, that's like tru- truly Celsius over a Heineken or something like that. Hey, oh, shit, bro. <laughs> Agua fucking over a Heineken. You know what I mean? Nah, you can't. You can't. Casio had a, obviously they had an instrument, but no, nothing in hip-hop can, can mess with, at least as far as I'm concerned, can mess with the MPC. Yo, thank you. Yeah, I bought one for wife, and she's still trying to get acclimated on it. You know, she loves music. And yeah, go get musical, baby. Go ahead. Yeah, listen. My podcast. I, I, <laughs> I, I, told, yeah, I, I told my I told myself how to do the uh, the MPC, and then you know, oh, you, thank you. That's something you, I want to know. Once you put once you put in enough hours, it uh, it's like anything else. If you if you love it enough, and you practice. You know, it's gonna start. It's gonna start speaking lovely to you. So. Yeah, that's something I'm curious about. It, it, you know, when you started getting into the steps, is it something you really did take upon yourself to learn? Did your parents say, "Here's a couple of dollars, go to school"? I mean, so what was that like? So when I when I uh, when you were talking about Wall Street before, yeah, man, I was actually I was actually in the Twin Towers on 9/11. Get the fuck oh, out shit. of here! You were there. Yeah, I was in. It was in there. Oh, uh, Oh, thank Break God out. you hit it, kiddo. Wow. Ta- yeah, Tower 2, the 55th floor, and I made it out. 55th floor of Tower 2? Yeah. And wow. I, and, I, and I tell the story to people, like, after that day, like, I realized that, you know, you know, it was a cool job or whatever, but my, my priorities were a little bit out of whack. Yeah. And I, uh, you know, somebody, somebody, somebody told me, like, do what you love. And the first thing when they said, do what you love was, what do I love? And the first thing that came to my mind was, was hip hop. And I, I asked my, at the time I asked my parents to, um, send me to an engineering school in the city called, uh, Institute of Audio Research. I went there. Oh, shit. I remember that. I used to see the commercials back home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I went, I went there, which was, it was, it was cool, but it wasn't like, where where I was supposed to be was it was just you know really like you know like the commercial at least right but lo- more like like engineering and whatnot okay but but through that I met a, I met a couple of people and at that point I, <laughs> believe it or not I had this this uh, I was using to make music this Korg Triton keyboard <laughs> and I I went I went to one of my friends' house in the Lower East Side and um, I went into his studio and he had an MPC and I was like. That's that's what I want. That's what I need. Yeah. And I went to uh, Manny's Music in Times Square. Oh wow! Old school. Holy shit! I I bought my uh, I bought my first MP there. Wow. And the the guy uh, the guy who sold it to me, I remember I was there with my girlfriend at the time, was my wife. He said to her, he said, um, he's going to be spending a lot less time with you now. You realize that, right? Oh, damn, just warned her already. He warned her off the rip. Like, he was like, yeah, you're going you're gonna to spend a lot less time with her. He gave, he gave me an MPC, no no uh, instruction booklet or whatever, and I just... Oh, so. And I just, <laughs> I just sat there and went in, yep. And, uh, and that was it. So, so, you, so you were musically inclined, though, to kind of dig in. 
Yeah, but you know what? Also, I was musically inclined to dig in, but also I feel like I was just passionate enough about it okay. to want it to want to learn more and and wonderful. And, you know what I mean? Like that fire it, was there, it, right? The fire was there, like it, and that's with anything. Like you know, you were saying before. I I feel like this is part of your guys' uh, your show. Like you talk about people's journey, and like if the fire is there, if the fire is there for anything, like at this point in my life, I tell my kids that. Like when I came home and I showed them, I showed them the Ghostface Killer record, and I I turned it over, and I showed them the credits, and it oh. said, and and it said, you know, produced by and or beats by, and it. And my name, I said, you could do anything you want in the world. Don't ever let anybody tell you you can't. Because, uh, and that to me is more more worth worth more than anything at this point in my life than than anything else. Because how did you feel, brother, when you saw that your name on that album? How did you feel? Uh, yeah, felt like validation, huge validation, but also legacy wise. As far as that's something that can't be taken away ever. You know, like that's that's done. That's in the history books. Like we did that. That's so, a time capsule right there. You know what I mean? And then, like I said, for me to be able to share it with my my kids and say and and teach them the lesson and the, and drop a jewel as far as you can do anything you want. It yes. doesn't matter because there was plenty of people who told me, "Yo, you can't you can't do that. You can't you can't make that music. You can't get in that world." I mean, of course, they're seeing you. This, this is a, you know, you know, part of this, a white boy, yeah, stockbroker yeah. in New York, yeah. wanted to get the hip hop, get out of here, and, and now look at you, you're messing yep. with the best of hip hop, yeah, you know, dude. I mean, crazy, bro. That's a beautiful, inspirational journey. I'm like, it's true. I mean, here you go. You made a decision on a very faithful day. Mm-hmm. And, and you turn this life around. So between that time of decision to you know to an actual project, you know that that you landed. What was that gap? Time gap. Between what was that journey? Between a project that you know people like like Wu Tang or people that I. Doesn't tell me one of your first projects. Between, oh yeah, so the like, time you took your, you know, that you so decided so this like, is my journey, and then boom. Yeah, so then in 2001, obviously, but then after I realized what I wanted to do, uh, my man Halo from Brooklyn, shout out to Halo, uh, we put out a project uh, independently, uh, 2003. Indeed, beautiful. Yeah, and um. I had a couple of artists underneath my label back then. It was called Fallout Shelter Productions. And uh, it was people that I grew up with or, you know, met through when I started at uh, IAR in, in that music school in, in, in the city. And uh, we made a little noise in the city. But, um, you know, like I said, uh, when, you're in, when you're in this game, the one lesson that I've learned is you've got to be full 100,000%. In it. God, you can't, you can't, you can't have stuff. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Ain't no bullshit in here. Like, look, Kane said it. Ain't no half stuff. Oh, it's back to DDK. <laughs> <laughs> Brooklyn, exactly. kiddo, that's right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. he said it. He said it. No half stepping. You, know, you got, you know. You if you want, I'm, my, my point is, though, if you want it, go for it, right? Like, you know, yeah. you know what I mean? If you want it, just. Dive deep, but don't dive at all, man. Don't, 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 don't be running to the cliff and try to break. Right. 
I love that, man. Because you know, where where did you find though you to be so bold? Where did you dig in, like spiritually and mentally, you know, to you know dig into your craft and create? Honestly, because it, it was it was because of the situation I told you on nine eleven. Like I could have I could have not been here like plenty of other people, right? And I said to myself, if I'm gonna However much time I have left, because I, I would have had none, but if however much time I have left, I might as well dive into shit and do shit that I love. And and again, going back to that conversation with the person that I had it with, the first thing that came to my mind was hip-hop, specifically. So, you know, like plenty of us, I think we can all relate to the, to the, to the fact that hip-hop saved our lives, but legitimately, yes, many of us. Which, is a, which, is a beautiful, which is a beautiful thing. You know, because how many how many people from all you know all different walks of life or you know different experiences or whatever journeys um, can say that, and that's what makes hip hop beautiful. And to me, it's uh, it's only gonna get it it's only gonna get better and more appreciated as time goes on. Okay, so uh, one more question for you. One more, um, man. Uh, honestly, okay, let's see. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a little bit uh, more deeper into it. Now, Wu Tang has been known for like um, what is it? They've been known to to have to have like a heavy like five percent of Muslim influence, mm-hmm. given um their teachings that they learned from like freedom and um other such um scholars, if you will, of that school of thought. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a I have a um. Well, let's see. Like, my biological pops, I only known him for, like, five months of my life. He's a 5%er from Detroit. And, um, okay, I'm, I'm getting an uh, echo. You guys hear an echo? So good. Okay, cool. I was rocking the echo. Well, he's a 5%er from Detroit, and um, he's very uh, anti-Semitic. Now, his pops was, uh, his pops was Jewish, so, um, you know, he had a lot of, uh, he offered a lot of hate for his pops. So that anti-Semitic um, thing kind of uh, like trailed over and was a draw for him to get into um, a 5% school of thought while he was in Detroit. So it, it kind of interests me because, you know, um, what's it called? Remedy is a Jewish, a Jewish um, ethnically Jewish. And I was like, huh, like this is interesting to have a Jewish MC like, with Wu Tang, and this is like this may say really needs Wu Tang, but apparently he'd been rocking with uh, the Wu for years. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, like, what's the whole story behind that? Because I listen to, you know what I mean? Like, I listen to Killer Priest, um, Killer Priest's podcast, and you know, he, um, obviously, you know what I mean? They like refute the anti Semiticism and like all that, of course. As a person, I think, you know what I mean? Like, as a person who has Jewish ethnicity as well, too, you know what I'm saying? Like, that that was an interesting draw from, like, Remedy and, like, you know, I'm just wondering, like, how, how did that how did that occur? Does it ever, like, get brought up or something? Because Remedy speaks, of course, like, even on, like, the last track, like, he speaks heavily on his um ethnic culture. And I'm just sure. like, oh, like this, this is interesting, you know? Because the old school, like, the old school 5% are like my pops, like, you know what I mean? He wouldn't, you know what I mean? He wouldn't fuck with it or nothing. You feel me? I think... 
I think real recognize real. You know what I'm saying? And just for the record, <laughs> I love that Truth. summary. That's and just for the record, my mo- my my mother's Jewish, so by the by the law of Judaism, I'm I'm Jewish. But yeah. but that's neither that's neither here nor there. But um, I think, like I said, real recognize real, and 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 remedies a real, remedies a real dude that they all, that they all respect and love. And, and talented, um, and, and, and and has supreme right, and obviously has supreme talent, and um, they respect him just like he respects them, and then and they grew and they grew up in the in the game together. Whether you saw Remedy in the forefront or not, like Remedy, he was telling me the other day. I didn't even know he was telling me the other day. He was in the background. Can it be video? No way. Point, really? yeah, yeah, he pointed himself out. I was like, God damn, he, we've been rocking with them forever. What so, does the get then? So, so since the gate, so like, you know, like I said, like, real recognize real doesn't matter, um, you know, and also some people interpret what they read, whether it's in the five percent or in the Bible or whatever. Some people interpret it differently. Yeah. I I know I know Remedy personally pretty well, and he's he loves all people. It's it, and just like myself, I, I love all people. It doesn't matter who you are. It's it's what what your character is. It doesn't matter where you're uh, where you come from or you know what type of background you have. Absolutely. So this is so something where the media was like fanning the flames, kind of how they did with a uh, public but enemy. Dude, but dude, like that's what the media does. Yes, they fan the flames. I mean, look don't for example, don't you, Sever. Don't you oh, see? Don't, <laughs> yo, don't you see? Don't you see what the media does today with all this shit going on in the world? They fan the flames for everything, bro. Word. If they if they could see, I didn't mean to cut you off, Mega, but if they could see a Wu Tang concert in Wu Tang's heyday, Wu Tang concerts, and I try to explain this to people who weren't there, Wu Tang concerts had everybody: white, yes. black, yes, five percentage, Jewish, Asian, women. Children, everybody. Wu Tang had everybody there. It transcended color it's, and culture. It, it transcended <laughs> color and culture, and that's what made and that's what made it. And again, I'm biased, but that's what made it the most beautiful, the most beautiful group, and the most beautiful thing ever. Because yeah, exactly. they transcend they transcended race or gender or. They made hip hop fun again too, with the it, music, yes, the sounds, absolutely. they used yes. nostalgia to the core. Yeah, you know, sampling. You know, they they knew how to sample. Yeah. Ain't, ain't no puffy sampling. I mean, no, 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 no puffy sampling. When you just when you just let it rock and you just yeah, exactly. Not that. This is some real shit. This, right. this is like oh, well, a, a master actually, at work. I'm actually kind of curious as well too, because this isn't my first um. Running with an affiliate from Wu Tang, actually. Um, I've spoken with Killer Priest before. You know, it's been it's been good. All love with all love the priest. Shout out to Priest. And um, Sever, and Sever didn't mean but, to cut you off, but by the way, Remedy does have a whole album with Killer Priest called Holy of Holies. Is that yeah, coming out? Yeah, I was gonna ask you. Yep, yep, and that's what's that topic? And that's coming out next year. Holy of Holies. It's, it's what beats you got on it? Uh, at this point, I'm pretty sure I got about seventy five percent. I love uh, it, man. Yeah. Oh, 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 wait a minute. Over here, I, see, I, I really had it written down. I there you go. And, 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 and it says here 90% is your production. Yeah, so, so definitely, definitely 75, yes. Definitely oh, 75, oh. yes. There you go. Oh, hey, let me, sneak in a verse. let me sneak in a verse before I get all mastered down. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, no. But, but, but for real, though, um, 
there's a sect known in Los Angeles, because I'm from California, I'm from Los Angeles, 626-323, you know what I'm saying? And um, there's a sect called the Birds of Prey. Have you heard of them? No, I haven't. You haven't heard of them? Okay. Because I was 17 years old, and um, they were, they were, they're a sect of the Wu-Tang Clan, because mm-hmm. you know there's so many different sects. It's, right. it's worldwide. Wu-Tang is worldwide. And they were tripping off of me because I'm 17 and I didn't have I didn't have my math up. You know what I'm saying? I didn't have my math up. So they weren't really, you know, they weren't really like they were fucking with me at that at that point. So I was thinking of like, you know, with that and then with everything else, um, with um Wu Tang being like so like the base starting off with five percent of knowledge and math, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I thought that that was a very, it's it's still, like, very important to um, the group and everything like that. But from what, from, what you, from what you just stated, you know what I mean? Like, that's 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 neither here nor there, apparently. I think, no, no, no. I, just, I, I think it's super important. I just don't think that it makes them judge people based on that. Well, because that sect, that, that sect over there in Cali, B.O.P., they were like, you have to be fucking 5%er. You know what uh, I mean? To, to fuck yeah, but, with the woo at all, but Killer Priest wasn't like that to me, and Killer Priest even comes from a Christian background as well too. Yeah, like so, I, like I said earlier, uh, man. Like I said, real, real recognize real. It doesn't it doesn't matter as long as you're an authentic person. Like, yeah, I mean, I've had I've had conversations with Ghost, and I feel like he recognizes me as a real person. It doesn't matter, you know. He knows I'm obviously I'm not a five percenter. I I know the lessons. I know, I know the, the, you know, the book because from what, from what they told me, and that's why I said Wu Tang Forever is one of my favorite, uh, is is my favorite album with Supreme because of the lessons on there. Because, because my, like I told you, my mother's Jewish, my father obviously is Italian. I didn't, I didn't have any sort of like religion, up religious upbringing. So again, I had no tribe, so I was just learning from everything. I, I read the Bible. I read the, the Torah. I, re, I, I read the the um, the five percent book. So I know where everybody's coming from. That's that's yeah, where you know, it is. You know. So, but, but, but my yeah, exactly. But my point is that that it's it's lessons that they appreciate, but they don't judge you if you don't if you don't what? subscribe to that. You know what I'm saying? They don't judge you based off of that. And that was just that particular sect. Right. Yeah, because, I, I, you know, there's so many different sects of the clan. Because, again, like I said, it is worldwide. That's recognized. And, um, yeah, like. So, but, bro, you know, but, bro, you could say that. You could say that. Honestly, I don't mean to cut you off, but you could say that about Christianity. People people interpret Christianity completely different. Some people absolutely. are completely spiritual with it. And some people don't like or can't stand or whatever, don't want to deal I'm with it. I'm at that B. I'm at that B level right there with what you're saying. I, I can't fuck with that shit with um the lies of organized religion. But someone like Killer Priest would actually be able to respect and like appreciate the lessons that like he learned while being in. You know what I mean? Like while being in that like in that cult, basically. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but look, but look at also, but look at also how many look at also how many um, truths he revealed about that just on Bible alone. Oh, yeah. Word. Word. That's what I'm saying. He can respect, you know what I mean? Like, that's, like, respect. Like, me, like, as a, as a spiritual as a spiritual dude, like, when, I, when it comes down to, like, the cults, I'm still at that level, personally, where it's, like, I feel a little bit dated towards, like, 
the Colts. You know what I mean? Like the cult aspect of the shit. You know what I'm saying? And, me, a pers- and me personally, I don't, I don't subscribe. And this is just me personally. I don't subscribe to organized religion. Yeah. Word. Word. I could definitely be on that same way. I'm on that same wavelength, wavelength as you. Yeah, but um, to speak to speak on it in a, in a like respectful tone, like priest, like I I I respect that of him. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, of course. And I don't I don't dis I don't disrespect anybody who has organized religion. God bless them. I I you know I do believe I <laughs> no I do believe that there's a, I do believe that there's a high being. I just I just don't know what it is. And, yeah. and like none I said, of us know. Yeah, none of us know. Right? Exactly. It's like the same thing with all this nonsense with the with the with the jabs and all. Like I respect people who got it. I just don't want to get it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yo, it get dummy right. fastest out. It get dummy fastest out here with the cities. If for me personally, like I, I know the man in the mirror personally. Right. Just don't go to Burger King because they're gonna jump you. Apparently. You saw that? You saw that? <laughs> Over what? Over what? The gap? People are going crazy, man. Crazy. Yeah, New York is going nuts. You got people like doing like you know, like you know, you know how they do those surprise mobs, you know, to surprise people. Well, apparently the unvaccinated are doing these surprise mobs at like Burger Kings and McDonald's in New York, and they say, you know, like cops are rushing in now. Honest to goodness, talk. I know that's important. However, there's so much massive crime in New York right now. Are you really sending? 15, 20 cops for an unmasked person when you got motherfuckers slashing and pushing people on, on, onto trains. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, but that just, well, shows you that, that just shows you where their priorities are at these crazy. days, bro. I mean, crazy. It's where the money's at. Exactly. Money, fuck that. Yo, can you please protect the real... The, they don't, you know, care about they don't care about the people. I, 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 I'm, I'm in Florida right now, but I am watching videos from back home of old people getting punched from behind. I get angry. I was like, I wish I was there to see that. I'll snuff home in a heartbeat. Yeah. Are, you, uh, are uh, you crazy? Yo, Mega, I got a quick question. Is, yeah. that, the, is that the Bill Bixby Hulk collection behind you? No, no, oh, no, no, I, I, no, no. I, well, I have a Hulk. This no, is my no. favorite Hulk. This one? Or what are you talking about? You got oh, the DVDs? That's a real nomad right there. You got the DVDs? In, did you got the DVDs? No, these are the comics. I have uh-huh. the I have the Bill Bixby on digital. But these are actually the comics and collective versions. Every uh-huh. every single issue from the issue one to the uh, Astonishing and then going back to, you know, his run and everything. She got, uh, she got all of them. Yeah, basically in this way, yes. I used to have them almost all in issue format, but of course life consequences, and sometimes you got to make money. You know, thank God for comics because I've always made money that way to get me out of trouble. Yo, I had I had two two of those original Hulks oh. and two and two original Amazing Spider-Mans in my parents' basement in in Sheets Bay in Brooklyn, and Sandy happened. They got destroyed. Oh, oh, fucking Man. Sandy. Oh. Nine feet of water they had in their basement. I had oh. those pages was just floating, huh? Terrible, <laughs> terrible. You see, my shit is Spawn. That's my big homie. I got, every, I got every issue of Spawn, like literally. But comics, yeah, comics, comics for the shit. I, I mean, comics for the shit. It's, it's still my thing. I drive my wife crazy with it. It's comics. It's music. It's podcasting. It's my website. You know what I mean? It's Whoops. talking to people like you. We're all big kids. We're all big kids, bro. That's it. What titles are you reading right now? Are you reading anything, Danny? Are you a collector? Do you peruse anything? Do you read anything? 
I honestly have I've got I got I got personally turned off after Sandy, so I haven't You haven't had back in. Nah, but if you guys got a, if you guys got any suggestions, I'm more than willing to take them. Well, if you love oh, music, God, we can, uh, the, the Berserker, that, that Keanu Reeves joint. Yeah. It just, it just, the sixth issue just came out last week or so. Keanu Reeves and like another cat, and it has a uh, Raphael Grandpa doing all the art. Yeah. So that's a fire joint, Berserker, and then uh, let's see, uh, Shaolin Cowboy. Okay. I'm reading that right now too. Okay. Yeah, so. You, you want to check? Oh, that's like Jeff Darr. That's like the dude who uh, did the art for uh, Frank Miller's uh, Hard Boiled and uh, Big Guy and Rusty and if the Robocops. If you if you don't mind, Seven, just uh, give me those names in the in the message on IG and I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah let's do that. Yeah, brother. Uh, let's DM it because I got one for you, and it's my favorite to always help people out. Have you ever seen the movie The Truman Show? Yeah, of course. Yo, existentialism to the max. So, okay, so could you imagine a comic book where the character Truman is actually a clone of Jesus Christ in modern day? That's that's Bruce Almighty mixed with Truman's show. <laughs> yeah, that is Bruce Almighty mixed with Truman. So, so this is by Sean G. Murphy. You got to check this out, though, because it's called Punk Rock Jesus. Wow. And, and, and like, it, it, it's very heavily musically inclined. Mm-hmm. Because this is why he gets the attitude he gets is through music, because you see the journey and, and secrets. Uh, Sean G. Murphy did a wonderful. Job. I always tell people that book. I had one cat one day, one year. Like I had told him, I met him at a con. We spoke about comics. I had just finished reading it. I told him, oh, "This is what you should read." A year later, same convention, he calls me out. Yo, ah, oh, he's screaming. Like, what happened? Like, I don't really remember what to do. He goes, actually, you told me to read this. I want to thank you. I bought the single issues about the hardcover. I've been telling people to read it. They'll thank you. So that's the one I recommend to you. That and, and 21, which right. is also musically inclined. They're going to fuck you up. You know, you know listen, <laughs> if you're a music fan, I'm going to show you in the right narrative. So I'm giving you good stuff, but I'm going I'm to put you in the music comic route. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, I'll raise you up even one better. Punk Mambo. That oh, one you might want to check out yeah. as well too. And I, I'm curious. I'm curious, Omega. The um the punk rock Jesus joint. Um, is that a family affair? Because I know Murphy uh did did uh, the White Knight series with his wife for a DC Black no, Label. No, no, this, this is his. No, this is all before Black Label. All before that, this was a Vertigo book. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's okay. Six issue run. I, I picked up the original run. Everybody else, go buy your hard covers. Go look fine on the single issues. <laughs> all right? Go get the digital. It's all good. No, but Danny, let me tell you, bro, you've been a wonderful guest, bro. I, I've been showing this off the whole time. Like, you can follow Danny and Izzy right there, all right? Check them out. But most importantly, you got to get pick up this new album right now. Physical's coming soon. Vinyl. CD Where, when, when, when? What's coming soon? What, what, early 2022? The vinyls and the CD, we're going to post them up soon, yeah. Hey, I can't wait. Wow. Yeah, because that is, can I ask you who did the cover art? Because it is a dope cover, do you know? Yeah, um, FG. I'm going to send you his tag on um, on Instagram. He's, uh, he's a master. He's yeah, a master. That is a dope cover. He definitely right. captured the Shaolin in that MF for sure. Yeah, he's a... He's actually, he's actually, we, we're just working on some logos for myself at this point, me and him. So, uh, 
be on the lookout for that. But yeah, I'll t- I'll, I'll send you his uh, his info. He's still. Well, I would love to have him on to talk yeah, about he's how he digs into it for the artistry, especially with music. Yeah, hey, folks. Dope. I mean, if you want to listen to artistry, though, to listen to artistry, you got to visit the SoundCloud. You'll be jamming. Yo, you know what? With the fucking it's 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 oh New Year's Eve Eve. Yo, start jamming and partying right now. Go visit Danny Sanko. I'll fucking tell you right now. There's no... You're going to be breaking your neck. Get the neck brace. I'm not going to be held responsible for that shit. Yo, I appreciate the love. And just just a quick plug. When I was doing the SoundCloud before the whole Wu-Tang stuff, every December 31st, I would challenge myself to see how many how many beats I can make on that day, December 31st, and I would... Watch this old horror film called New Year's Evil. And I would oh, get, I love it. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. And I would get, like, pieces from it and put it in front and behind or whatever. And I did, like, I did like three versions of New Year's Evil. They should be on They should be on the SoundCloud still. Uh, the, first, the first one is really dope. Folks, there you go. He's teasing you guys. He's teasing you guys. So you better go there and check it out. This is a very talented individual. I can't wait. Danny, to e- hear even more from you, because you were teasing us with that killer priest remedy, you know, that's dropping next year, you know, the holy of holies, holy shit. Bro. Holy of holy, holies is coming, and I can't, I can't tell you that um, uh, Ram Wu Part 2 is coming too. Oh, oh you hear this? Hey, so was, okay, so that was Remedy Meets Wu, what's this going to be? We didn't come up with a title, but it's Part 2 of, of Death. Nice. Or, and we oh know we God. know how the move gets down with these part twos. We got only built, you know, the dirty the dirty version. You know what we're, I'm saying? So we're, we're actually we're actually yeah we're actually. But like I said before, Cubalinks two was good, but Cubalinks one is is a classic. Yeah. The dirty the dirty version is the dir- uh and please is good, but thirty six chambers is classic. Which yeah. we're, we're gonna try to we're gonna try to add on and make this. Just as good, if not better, than the first. Wonderful. I can't wait, man. Exactly. Cause, I mean, nowadays, some sequels happen to be better than the first. Let's see if Danny is going to... Uh, not now, let's see. I know he's going to smash it. It's fucking yeah. Danny's sequel. He's just, you know, man, New York in the house, kid. You know, he's nah, going to smash I, it. I appreciate you both having me on, for real. No. And uh, to you and your families, Happy New Year. There you go. You're two YouTubers. To you and your oh. Sever, thank you for hanging out with me tonight to talk to the great... Danny Cayazzo, you know what I mean, from New York, kicking ass, you know, repping woo, repping music, repping hip hop, it's a real dude. So, folks, thank you for tuning in. You know what to do. The outro says it all. Thank you for tuning in. Hasta la próxima, mi gente. Much love and a happy new year to everyone. Later. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Comic Crusaders podcast. If you like the content, please subscribe and turn on notifications. Also, please visit ComicCrusaders.com and our extended podcast family over at UndercoverCapes.com. And also, make sure to download the Comic Crusaders app on the Google Play Store today. 